Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Join our Bitcoin Basics community in our new Telegram group at bitcoinbasics.help slash telegram. No ads, no altcoins, shitcoins, no other nonsense, only Bitcoin information, education and discussion at bitcoinbasics.help slash telegram. Hey everyone, Ferris here just with a solo flash update on the Bitcoin Basics podcast. Um, I will do a proof of recording before I launch in. Uh, today is Tuesday, the 15th of February, uh, 2 a.m. UTC time. The price of Bitcoin is 42515 and the block height is 723341 So I'm basically launching this because just in the last few hours across the news, we've heard that an Emergencies Act will be invoked in Canada. Uh, the Emergencies Act has never been invoked. It's about 50 years old. And essentially, they're doing it in response to the protest and trucker blockade, inverted quotes, that's taking place in Canada. Um, this is something you would expect to take place during a time of war or severe crisis. Um, two weeks ago, the convoy was described as a fringe minority with unacceptable views. Uh, we went very quickly from a fringe minority to enacting a never-before-used power. One thing I want to talk about is, um, oh, sorry. So if I'm reading this correctly, it does not get invoked immediately. It actually needs to pass the parliament which uh, within seven days. So at this stage, it looks like they do have the support to pass this. But what they're introducing is the definition of money laundering. Um, and it's going to include cryptocurrencies, which is why I'm reporting about this today on Bitcoin Basics. So one thing that we happened was people wanted to support the Canadian truckers and they did so through GoFundMe. Um, GoFundMe received donations of over $9 million and then they decided, and this, the account was set up specifically to provide those support funds for the Canadian truckers because keep in mind that they they are protesting for freedom of movements and they're putting uh, on the line their time, which means they're not earning an income while they're doing so, and their own fuel, which those trucks are not, ex not cheap to run, especially with the rising cost of fuel. So someone set up a GoFundMe account to help support the Canadian truckers, and then GoFundMe basically said, we're not going to give them that money. So they said they're going to keep it unless... And I'll probably need someone to fact check me on this, but from memory it was, if you did not apply to have your money refunded within 70 hours, GoFundMe said they're going to give it to another credible um, nonprofit. So now the announcement today was the Deputy Prime Minister has basically announced that they will have the ability to cancel and freeze any bank account if you are providing funds to what they deem a terrorist group. So they've announced essentially that these Canadian citizens, residents are who are peacefully protesting are terrorists. And if you provide them with any resources, any funds, then you are supporting terrorism and your account will be frozen. So I won't get into the politics of this because you know, we are about Bitcoin here. And look, a large part of this is because she mentioned cryptocurrencies. 
is this is potentially the first chapter or the first um, sovereign shot across the bow of introducing a central bank digital currency. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. So what is a central bank digital currency, guys? So Bitcoin's been around for over 10 years now, and we have seen so many businesses and industries grow up around it. It's a trillion-dollar-plus industry now. And we've seen new groups come in. So 2021 really was the year of... um, VCs coming in a lot more into this space. You had a handful before then. Um, we are now seeing so many jobs going for crypto jobs around the world. Uh, I mean, I was around when people were like, oh, it's not Bitcoin, it's blockchain, which kind of meant you didn't really understand what Bitcoin was, if that's what you were saying. Uh, similar to the mayor who recently came out and said, I'm for Bitcoin, but I'm not for Bitcoin mining, which makes no sense. Um, so unfortunately, there's people who want to be pro-Bitcoin, but still need to take the time to understand it. So banks have seen this explosion in um, blockchain technology, let's just say Bitcoin, not blockchain, so in Bitcoin, and they can't stop it. So how do you get on board? So if you can't stop something, you want to, you know, you want to legitimize it, legalize it so you can make taxes from it. Um, El Salvador has seen a boom in tourism. This is when tourism is still down 80% across the world. El Salvador is just 20% shy of their 2018 numbers. So they've almost rebounded in tourism, Um, whether it's a causation or um, collateral effect that, um, sorry, causation or, um, so what I'm looking for guys, Um, correlation to the fact that they made Bitcoin legal tender, um, probably hard to tell. So now we are saying, okay, Bitcoin is here to stay. And we're seeing governments either talk about legalizing Bitcoin, making it legal tender. But also um, there is a huge problem with government-funded debt. So one of the main problems that I'm having with governments when they say the vaccine, the COVID vaccines are free, they are not free. Just because you don't pay for it at the time of injection you're going to pay for it later in taxes or your kids will pay for it later. So yeah, nothing that a government provides is free because they have to issue the fiat. And by issuing the fiat, printing more currency, it's debasing the currency already out there. And we've seen so much printing going on since COVID took place. And we're seeing inflation just absolutely skyrocket. I mean, cost of living is insane now for people and it's just going to get more and more difficult. So what's the other thing that they're going to do? How do you wipe out debt? So one is you look at a debt jubilee, which is where you forgive the debt. Now, this is potentially where um, central bank digital currencies come in. We're obviously not going to pay back this debt with rising inflation. To pay back this debt would mean you have to suffer financially. You have to tighten the belt. They're not going to do that. They're printing more and more money. It's, It's way too late for that. They've gone off in this ship and land is so far back behind, they've lost it away. So how does this, how does the engineering of this work? I don't even know. I'd love to talk to someone about this. Is maybe they'll just say we're launching a Canadian um, central bank currency. We are wiping out central bank debt. So all your investors, all your bondholders are going to lose it all, or we're just going to transfer ownership from this fiat system to a central bank one. Now, how does this relate to Bitcoin? So it does and it doesn't. 
Um, it is probably a government saying, hey, here's a trend that's taking place. How do we jump on board? Bitcoin is a store of value. Only 21 million will ever be created. We've already lost maybe one third of that supply. That's what's um, presumed. And the beauty about Bitcoin is the fact that every year, or every 100,000 blocks, we're creating fewer and fewer. So it was designed as a non-diluting currency, which means we're not going to create more of them. We can, but that would actually have to be by the network deciding, yes, let's do this, this is a good idea. And I don't see that happening. Um, so store of value, supply is diminishing. Well, it's actually set, but it's diminishing over time. Um, and then demand, as demand increases, the price will go up. But with a central bank digital currency, they can just create more of it. And the other problem that we have as well is Bitcoin is decentralized which makes it incredibly robust and secure. It's actually the most robust, the safest asset class known to man because of how the blockchain works um, and how mining works and the decentralization aspect of it makes Bitcoin the most secure instrument we've ever created. It's the safest vault we've ever made. Now, if Canada were to launch their digital currency, you probably just have... Um, a singular network or maybe just a couple. So if they were to launch a digital currency, well, you'd have a distributed ledger maybe, which means it's located in a few different locations, but that's still hackable. I mean, not long ago, I think it was the um, Reserve Bank of Afghanistan that was actually hacked and millions, if not billions of dollars were stolen. I'll have to fact check that. That's just me jogging my memory. So essentially a central bank digital currency is not a store of value. And why are they releasing it? Um, one is what we're seeing with the Canadian truckers. They can control your, where your money goes. If they don't want you sending money to someone, they can stop it from happening. So the way we work now is you need to file a tax return at the end of the year. If you get audited and it fi they find out that you didn't um, claim or you cheated on your taxes, then there's a process whereby you get fined. So it is a trust that you're going to pay your taxes and submit accurate records and in consequence, they're going to remove that. So what they can see is essentially they could remove banks as we know them. So what we will then have is governments become the bank, whereby there is no longer a third party between you and the government. Because right now, if you have a job, you're in, you, know, you get a check minus your taxes. Your employer keeps your taxes for you. He sends them on to the government. So what we might actually see now is the third party, the bank is removed, and the single party you're dealing with, the central party, is the government. The central is a bank or the treasury department. Um, most likely, it should be the treasury department. And they can actually see on your phone where and when you're spending your money. So if you're going to give it to a cause they do not agree with, they can stop that. They can suspend you. And what we can even see in the future, guys, is a social credit system. Uh, I think go to Netflix, see Black Mirror. I believe the episode is called Nosedive. And that will basically show you exactly how a um, social credit system works. Now, just remember, guys, science fiction um, is science fiction at the time. The helicopter was actually created in a science fiction movie. I think someone looked at the helicopter and said, oh, that looks like something that could actually work. It was created out of art. 
You know, read Jules Verne, look at everything he did. So science fiction is science fiction con uh, contemporary times. Uh, reality can catch up with it. People talk about the Star Trek effect. Look at what came out in the 1960s in Star Trek that we have today. Uh, you, know, you could communicate with someone face-to-face -face over thousands of miles away. Well, that's called FaceTime. Sliding doors didn't happen then. Uh, the microwave, which can heat up your food, that was in... Um, that was in Star Trek as well. So what is science fiction or even unfortunately dystopian today is something that can easily happen in the future. Because as they say, all you lack is your imagination and our imagination can make things happen. So what does this mean for Bitcoin guys? Is this a Bitcoin killer? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, the announcement came up and has not affected the price of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is a store of value, will remain a store of value. Can you send Bitcoin anonymously to someone Yes, but not Bitcoin directly. We've actually talked about these in other episodes. So Bitcoin is very transparent. Uh, it is not like cash. Bitcoin is very transparent. And yeah, for something, I don't want to go into the intricacies of how you fund something you don't want to agree with. I don't want to get myself in trouble. But this is just proving that we, I believe, will be running separate economies. A central bank or state-run economy and everyone who wants to opt into it or a separate alternative decentralized economy. And a decentralized economy is, I don't want to do anything illegal. I don't want that headache. I just want to go about and live my life. But at the same time, I'm being deprived of basic human freedoms. The Nuremberg Code, that doesn't apply to me anymore, apparently. Freedom of movement does not apply to me anymore. So what do you do? Well, you can actually have an opt-out strategy to say, I'm not breaking any laws, but I don't want to be a financial subservient to the state. And there are ways of doing that without compromising yourself, because we don't want you to doing any, anything illegal. We don't want you to jeopardize your security, because unfortunately, we can't all live in international waters on a yacht. That's just not conducive to anyone's long-term well-being. So that's where we are, guys. This is a space to watch out for. It is happening so much faster than I thought. I thought central bank digital currencies is something that is a decade away, or five to 10 years away, but they're going ahead with it very quickly. So this could backfire on them and they delayed our plans, but we will be looking at a G20 debt jubilee. And I think it will coincide with a central bank digital currency. Um, now, I probably should start out like this. Where am I coming from? So... My background is international relations. I've got a master's in international community development. I actually studied the World Bank and um, IMF, um, high indebted poor countries and structural adjustment programs. This was basically providing loans to third world countries, third world, terrible misnomer, but it's what the term is, countries. So giving them money and you know getting them to jump on a 150 year history of um, open capitalist democ democracy and industrial revolution in 30 years. Um, so that was my background. I you know, interned for the Jimmy Carter Center. I did a lot of work with NGOs, and I even taught this stuff at Deakin University in Australia as a tutor and associate lecturer. So to me, Bitcoin is really not just a cryptocurrency. It's not just something on the internet. It's actually becoming part of this geopolitical paradigm we are living under today. So 
please hit us up. Again, this is just me vomiting my thoughts. Uh, why Gordon's not with me, and you'll probably have to do a bit of editing here. Um, but yeah, we um, yeah, reach out to Bitcoin Basics help if you want to know about being a self-sovereign individual in this day and age. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit CoinCompass.com for more information and please contact us.